please welcome House Minority Leader James Beverly of District 143 and Senator and Chair of the Georgia Legislative Black Caucus, Tanya Anderson of District 43. These leaders are hosted by Chris Clark, President and CEO, Georgia Chamber. Well, thank you, Madam Chair, and thank you all for staying with us for our first bonus session of the Georgia Chamber's annual Eggs and Issues uh, event. I'm excited today to be joined by two of my friends, uh, Georgia State Senator Tanya Anderson, who is the new Madam Chair of the Legislative Black Caucus, the largest black caucus in the United States of America, and my good friend, Representative Doc James Beverly from Macon, Georgia, who was just elected Chair of the Democratic Caucus in the House. So guys, thank you guys for being with us this morning and being part of this first bonus session of Eggs and Issues. I want to jump right into it. I want to ask you a couple of personal questions first, if we can, and then we'll jump into the policy stuff. But I'm always curious about people that run for elected office. What's the, what is the thing that happened in your past or what's the one thing that inspired you to decide that you wanted to be part of this crazy world that we're living in right now and run for elected office? What inspired your public service? And Senator, I'll start with you. Well, I, I love helping people. I, I like to see um, people's lives impacted, you know, positively and to change um, their trajectory from, you know, nothing to something. Right. Um, and so I started out as a city councilwoman and then mayor, then state rep, now state senator, and I never thought I would be at this place. I only wanted to do one term as city council and I was done uh, because I felt like it was a crazy world. Right. Um, but it takes um, the right people to make a difference in the lives of everyday uh, people and I, I won't stop. I'll keep doing it. Well, we're, we're glad that you kept doing it. We're, we're appreciative <laughs> of that. Doc, what about you? What inspired you? You know, when I was in um, high school, I grew up in Baltimore, Maryland. And the very first black mayor happened when I was in high school. And it's a strange story because I played football in high school. As a matter of fact, my junior year, nobody scored on us. We were good. <laughs> like, nobody scored on us. We weren't playing with like, little small people. We were, like, it was regular folk. And that mayor became, uh, he beat Kirk Schmoke. He became the first black mayor. And he was at a rival high school. And so he went to city, I went to a place called Polly, and this guy becomes the mayor. He's like, you know, seven, eight years older than me. I was like, man, city, they ain't nothing. If he could do it, I could run for office and win. But that was just large to me as a kid. And then as I got older, obviously I went to school, became a doctor, so forth, and I started realizing that how do you deal with the suffering within the human condition? And you can't amass enough wealth to do it. You have to figure out how do I bring stakeholders to the game to figure out what is the work that we need to do to make sure that we leave this place a little bit better than when we got here. And it made sense. And once that kind of got lodged, I was like, okay, I got a, I got a true north in this moment. Was the State House the first race you ever ran? Yep, first and only. <laughs> we just keep running for that. Hey, we'll see, let's just keep running, man. So, so, and how long have you been in the House now? This is going to be 10 years this year. So 10 years, 10 years. and you just ran and you just became the Minority leader. leader, yeah. Minority leader. Yep. Congratulations. Yeah. Tanya, you just became leader, um, uh, chair of your caucus. Those, those internal leadership races are always fascinating to me, right? Because even within your own party, you're having to figure out how to build a coalition. And then within a subset of your party, you're figuring out how to build coalitions, how to get people to coordinate, think together, work together, move forward. So I'm curious, now that you're both in this role, just not long at all, what's the, what excites you about 
this opportunity to lead? And, and Doc, I'll start with you and then come back to the senator. Um, you know, there was a, uh, a Jewish philosopher back in the 1800s. His name was Maltman, and he said that love is the voluntary openness to the possibility of being affected by someone else. And there's a place where you have to be almost so authentically vulnerable and open to the possibility of being affected by someone else that it brings something out of you to make you focus on the work. And so for me to have different factions, like we call the Republicans like a marching band. We call Democrats a jazz band. People (laughs) riffing, they're doing whatever they want to do. That's But it's still good music, right? Right. But you got to give people a chance to riff and do what they got to do. And in that moment, if you're vulnerable enough, something important happens. And so holding that environment so that people can riff and do what they do and come up with the music that makes sense for our time. And so that's what's exciting about me is understanding the factions that I have, trying to have them focus in on the work and then allow that work to make us uh, who we are. And you've got the biggest Democratic caucus that you've had in, what, 15 years now? Easily, yeah. 77 years. members. And I'm telling you, each one of them are different, man. They're all different, right. <laughs> and it just switches, you know. So. Yeah. No, but it's exciting. It's exciting to be around really smart uh, folk. I got seasoned folk. I got some people, you know, double degrees from Cornell. I mean, like, you, we got some smart folk. Right. And then taking the, the old, you know, the older seasoned members with the new ones and just the possibility of making that admixture work for Georgia's is very exciting. Well, my assumption is that Calvin is going to be everybody's mentor, Yeah, right? Calvin. And, and, does he have enough time to mentor everybody? Yeah, yeah pretty much. Calvin's been in his capital for like 675 years. I mean, I don't know, man. But yeah, <laughs> right. He's like, like, Beverly, stop saying that. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. No, he's going to be good. Senator, what about you? What excites you about leading the largest uh, legislative black caucus in the country? Well, it excites me because we have um, some very smart and strong uh, leaders, and it takes... Um, passion. It takes, you know, the heart to serve. But I think that uh, what we have now and where we are um, in Georgia, in America, um, Georgia has something to say. Um, We have the largest black caucus, and that means we represent a large number of the black community in the state of Georgia. Um, And those things that concern us, um, we have the right people at the table. And I I appreciate that my colleagues um, trusted me enough to, to lead us into that place of, you know, equity and, and um, the ability to, to, to partner as well as the ability um, to, um, to move and to shift some things in the state of Georgia. So how long have you been a state senator now? I have been a state senator for, whoop, whoop, uh, four years. <laughs> four years. I, I was in the House, so I came to the House in 2013. Okay. So, but seven years then to be in your leadership yes. it speaks volumes yes. about your leadership and yes. your service. So let's talk about this session and what your caucuses are going to be focused on. And Senator, we'll talk with you. What's the, what are those main three or four priorities for your caucus? And then Doc, we'll, we'll ask you that for the House, assuming that there's a, there's a difference there maybe. Um, so the priorities for our caucus, I will say um, one is criminal justice criminal justice reform, and I just um, authored and championed a bill that um, was favorable in the um, corporate arena mm-hmm. uh, for a lot of the members right. um, of the chamber and, and, and Fortune 500 companies. Um, another is, um, of course, health care. And then we want to focus on um, positioning Georgia for um, those things that 
I guess you would say, have been um, those people who are, feel like they have been lost or left out. Right. Um, to position them for small business um, ownership and bringing them to the table for that kind of conversation. So we are definitely ready to do the work and move in that direction. Well, and we want to work with you on that, too. I mean, you know, Georgia's unique in that we have the highest minority business startup rate in the country, but we also have the highest failure rate mm -hmm. from minority businesses. Mm -hmm. And we've been spending a lot of time, and you've heard us talk about it, of focusing on, you know, that access to capital, that access to human capital, mm -hmm. that access to societal capital, and we want to be a partner with you on that. And then the other thing that's been remarkable from our research has been the, the licensure reform that needs to happen yes. because really Georgia has more licensing uh, professions than any other state, mm -hmm. and we know that that's a barrier to entry mm -hmm. for a lot of, mm -hmm. of people in the minority community. So we look forward to working with you on, on those issues. And additionally, you know, we have that barrier for um, uh, government contracts, right. you know, and so this is a conversation that we need to have, and, yep. and we've been chomping away at the bit, but we are ready for um, that conversation to move forward. Excellent. And we want to be part so of that much. conversation. And yes, thank you so much. Absolutely. Doc, what about your caucus? First and foremost, is going to be dealing with this pandemic, right? We're in the midst of COVID, and we got a lot of stuff going on right now, but the one thing that we need to be really focused on is making sure that we get a vaccine out, that we're responsible about the messaging around the science and the math that puts us in this position right now. If we get that right, then we focus on, so obviously healthcare is gonna be a part of that conversation. People who now have COVID may have gotten it through no fault of their own. Um, they now have pre-existing conditions. Right. And so when we start thinking about what does the healthcare look like for folk who have pre-existing conditions, we need to start thinking about, we need to expand Affordable Care Act for real. Let's not make this a political football, but let's get it done. Second thing we gotta focus on is education. We just took a billion dollars out of education. We need to replace that. We gotta put that back. Too many kids right now are living in a gap year, right? Yep. The digital divide is real. Yep. You got kids in rural areas, the wind blows, internet goes out, they can't attend school. You got kids in urban environments where they're using their grandmother's cell phone or their mom's cell phone. They don't have a tablet. They have poor internet connection. We're better than that. And so as we start to pull that money back in, how do we actually move that money in the directed focus to close the digital divide? And then obviously small business in the economy. Um, when you have a small business, which I own a couple, and they're struggling because of where we find ourselves, what are the resources that are available for us to inject capital into these places and also the human resources that we need to keep them running? And so our cost is gonna focus on healthcare, education, small business, but it's all within the backdrop of the COVID pandemic. And we have to use the right messaging so that people are not afraid to take it so we can get to true herd immunity, not because everyone got sick, but because people took the, the necessary steps to make sure that we all were safe. And then uh, I also just assume that, that both your caucuses and the, the Senate Democratic caucus are going to be very engaged in any discussions on voter reform this year as well, right? Absolutely. Uh, that might not have been a priority when you met back in October or November, but obviously <laughs> today it, it, it has become that. And trying to make sure that people believe in the integrity of the voting system, but make sure that we don't restrict that. Any, any comments? My, my, immediate, my immediate comment is, and the reason I didn't focus on that because, it, because we just saw what we just went through a week ago. Right. Where people storming the Capitol because we, because people who were sycophants to the president decided to put out something that says, hey, this is a fraudulent system that we find ourselves in. 
and it wasn't. It's the tag, the, the dog's tail wag, wagging the dog. And as we keep putting energy into that, Georgia had the, mo the most amazing turnouts, I mean, right. in the history of Georgia, with very little rules changes that probably need to happen. But it's not this big thing that we need to do that would have this chilling effect on voters as we move forward. And so, yes, that's their priority, but we'll caution them, seriously, let's, let's step back for a second. Right. Let's deal with the facts, not the fraud issue, but the facts. Let's change, maybe tweak a couple rules, but we shouldn't be spending that much time on that issue when you got people who are really suffering right now, who've lost their jobs to no fault of their own, healthcare they may not have because a job went away, trying to start up a business now in the midst of this creative society because we're home for a year. We need to be talking about how to do that. And I think that the election, yes, they're gonna bring it our way and we will absolutely vigorously fight it, but it's not something that we should be talking about now because it's a small issue that they've made this enormous thing. And I think when the facts meet, the reality, and people see that, I think we gotta figure that out. So hopefully we won't, we'll steer away from that. But again, I don't see any chance of that happening. So we're ready for the fight, but it's something we don't really necessarily need to spend that much time on, I suspect. And I'm guessing, Senator, this will be an issue not just in Georgia, it'll be the, an issue that legislative black caucuses across Absolutely. the country are gonna have to deal with, right? Absolutely, and I, and I think we, we should never make it harder for people to um, be able to vote. We should make it easier. So the fact that people are able to vote by mail and, and had to happen because of the pandemic. I don't think that people ever would have um, used that as an option, you know, for voting. They haven't in the past. Right. Um, but that is something that we cannot continue to um, cut back on. I mean, it, it, it went from 45 to 21, and, and it's been just um, one thing after the other to try to stop it. And, and, and that is definitely something that we will stand up and fight for because... That is the that is our democracy. That is that is our nation. It is where we are, um, and where we have been, and where we will go is to expand it, versus trying to diminish to diminish it. So I just think that 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 will definitely be a priority and a fight um, with the Black Caucus for sure. So we're. Doc, you referenced it. We're in a very different political environment based on what's happened over the last couple of months. One of the things that we hear consistently from the business community is that we're tired of the politics of destruction, the divisiveness, the tribalism that exists out there. And I've always, I've always been a little proud when I'm with my peers in other states that we have such a great history in Georgia of Democrats and Republicans working together when it comes to the big issues, right? When it comes to transportation or economic development, that we seem to put those issues aside, working on the budget and move forward. And so I'm curious if there are any bills or any issues that kind of come top of mind, which you believe as we sit here today on day three, that there really are opportunities for bipartisanship to move the ball down the field. Senator, any, anything come to mind for you? Um, I can't think of anything uh, right off. But as you said, we don't have an issue working together. We can put... Um, um, our parties aside to, to move uh, the state of Georgia forward. Um, but there are those days, you know, when, you know, the red and the blue somehow <laughs> make stars and stripes. Uh, I don't know if it turns out white, but it is the red and the blue making stars and stripes. And we, we find a way to not take it personal. Right. Um, and we still find a way to move forward with those issues that are very, very important. And I will say, you know, because there was so much support um, within the business community um, on a lot of issues. I just believe that there are 
those um, bills that will come. That and we didn't have a lot of pre-filed bills in the Senate. Hey, I was surprised about that this year. Me too. <laughs> very, very surprised. Okay. Um, but yeah, so I think that there will be some some bills presented that we can find a way to work together on, as we always have. Doc, what about in the House? Yeah, I think. I mean. We, well, I said it earlier, we have to focus on getting people's vaccine. And so I think mm-hmm. that, that's a human issue. How do we beat this pandemic? Uh, how do we focus on that? Let's really use math and science to do that. And then from a vaccine standpoint, let's get people vaccinated. And uh, we need to do that, and we should be responsible with how we roll that out. And I think that's just something that we can work on. Yeah, well, and, and you guys are, be, are have copies now of our Recovery and Resiliency Task Force recommendations. One of those is to move forward with freight and logistics in Georgia, which mm. gets people mm. back to work. It builds our roads, our bridges, yes. all the things that we need to do. And that's been a traditionally been a bipartisan issue, cybersecurity, rural prosperity. And so, you know, we look forward to working with both of your caucuses on there. And I want to end with, with one last question. You're both new to your leadership role, right? So we've got, you know, literally thousands of business leaders from every chamber, every organization in the state watching today. What message do you have to the business leaders of the state, and how would you recommend that they work with you and your caucuses in these new roles? And, Doc, I'll let yeah. you go. So, so to the business leaders in the community, thank you all for getting this forum to talk, right? Um, I think our caucus has grown over the years. I think I started with 62. It's now 77, and that was 10 years Obviously, the state of Georgia is trending toward being blue with purple. Um, but put us in on the front end of the conversations and don't come to the back. Use the wisdom of the fact that Georgia is, there are different places in Georgia that are changing. Don't come to us after the fact and say, oh, by the way. Because the by the way is now becoming somewhat offensive because we could actually could add to the conversation. Mm-hmm. And we could actually extract real value. I mean, if the business community really came to us on the front end, we could produce real value that leads to real healing in our state. And so I said, put us in on the front end, not the back end, and I think we will have a tremendous relationship moving forward. That's great. Senator? So thank you again for having us. Um, to the business community, I will say, um, I will echo the sentiments of, of my colleague um, in the House, but I will also say that um, there are resources, there are um, those things that we can help assist with, Um, making businesses stronger. We don't always have the answers, but we can, you know, as he said, add value to to what you guys bring to the table. And so I am just um, excited about the partnership because of my experience. Um, Having worked with you guys just this past session was an absolute phenomenal um, way to to bring the community, business community together and, and to say that, you know, you are partners. So we're here to add that value and to just see what we can do to continue to make Georgia the number one state to do business, but to do small business as well, um, and to do minority business as well, and to do women businesses as Amen. well. So, um, and because I represent all of that, <laughs> that's right. We can we can work together to make some of those things happen. So I'm so excited about this next session. I really am. Well, we're excited to have both of you in your leadership roles. We congratulate you. We appreciate the partnership that we've had in the past. We've been working with the House Democratic Caucus for 10 years now. Yep. Uh, and uh, we want to have that same relationship. And we've been working with the Black Caucus for, gosh, probably six or seven years. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. thank you for what you guys do. Uh, we appreciate you being with us today.